0: I like those songs. Amen. Those are some good ones. I, um, in thinking about the songs, and and uh, you know, we just had a small youth group conversation, um, and uh, we were just talking about um, I think it's James four six, where 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 God says He gives more grace. He resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. And we, we got to talking about humility and how um, humility and prayer are connected. And we're talking about, what well, do you feel like on a scale of one to 10, if um, if on, a, on the one hand of the scale, a one is talking at God, like you're giving a speech, and on the other end of the scale is a 10, and that's where you're actually having a conversation with God and there's back and forth. Where do you land on the scale? And how... You know, a lot of times we feel like we're we're maybe way over there on the uh, on the shorter end of the scale where we're talking at God, and yet says that God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. I can be proud when I'm on the ten, and I can feel very very humble when I'm on the on the one end of the scale, and we just need to keep well. We need to keep praying because prayer at the very basis or at the very foundation of it is an expression of humility. It's saying, I need you. So no matter if you feel like you're, you're it feels like the, the skies are brass. I think the, um, I think that the uh, Psalmist said once feels like the skies are brass. feels like I'm preaching and, and or I'm praying and, and it's just bouncing, right? Keep praying, keep praying because he gives more grace and what is grace? It's power. It's undeserved favor. That's not at all what the message is about yet. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, also I was sitting there and I was thinking and, and 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 thinking about the songs and it's like, sometimes it feels like there's a disconnect between a disconnect between what Christianity ought to be and the way we feel. And, and I'm learning. I've been, I would say that I've been a Christian for 20 years. There are different ways to do the math and say that I've been a Christian for almost 40 years, right? Depending on how you do the math, depending on what it means, right? And God is still at work in my life. He's still doing transformative work in my life. And what I'm learning now more than I've been, more than I had learned previously, is that so much of the Christian life is about a transfer of attachment. It's a, it's, it's, it's me handing my attachment over to God and saying, you can have me and all these other things that I have had as maybe crutches in my life or dependencies in my life or things that I have felt like giving me strength in my life or the things that I've relied on in my life, the things that I have wanted and pursued, I'm going to transfer my attachment to those things over to God. And, and instead I'm going to choose to have attachment to you, God. And, 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 and that's really an expression of love as well. And so just thinking about all these different things while it was going on. And um, so now you kind of have a little bit of an idea of my mental space as I'm coming into this message. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your care. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord, that you want a relationship with me. Thank you that you want a relationship that goes deeper than I could imagine and that it is satisfying, and that it is fulfilling. Lord, I pray that your word will come through today. I pray that I will be preaching for you. I thank you that you're present. May your word be alive and touch each of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's think of this as a little bit of a conversation. Now, I'm not expecting, I'm okay with, if you guys want to like shout back while, while we're talking, while I'm, while I'm talking, if you want to shout back at me, that's fine. But I'm going to assume that you're not, and so that's cool. Um, and I'm probably going to supply a little bit of the words as well. I'm going to assume what you're thinking, and I'll tell you what I think you're thinking. Is that cool? All right. Um, so what comes to your mind with the words full and complete life? What comes to your mind with the words full and complete life? Let me ask it a different way. How does your heart feel? How does your heart feel when hearing the words full and complete life? I think there might be maybe an idea of satisfaction if things were full and complete, I would be satisfied. I have no more need for anything else. Maybe, maybe, uh, it would be a sentimental feeling. So, you know, we get around the holiday season, right? And the, uh, uh, we get around the holiday season and, and the movies, the Hallmark Channel and stuff, they start bringing all the sentiment and it all comes out. You know, we've got white Christmas going on and we've got, uh, we've got the way the holidays ought to be. And so full and complete life, it's sentimental, right? It's the way things ought to be, the feeling that, that ought to be around there where we're surrounded by family and we're surrounded by friends. Or maybe instead of that kind of a feeling is in your heart, you have the feeling that a full and a complete life was a possibility at one time and regrets have begun crowding it out. Maybe the idea of a full and complete life, your heart right now is saying that's an impossibility. That ship has sailed. Maybe the idea of a full and complete life, when your heart hears that, ambition starts bursting out. Is that what you're chasing? Are you chasing a full and complete life? Is it still on the horizon? Well, if I could only have fill in the blank, if I could only be fill in the blank, I will have a full and a complete life. Um, so let's just think about the words themselves, full and complete. By the way, these are my words, you know this is the way I interpret some, this passage that we're going to be looking at full and complete. This isn't necessarily a scriptural word that I'm going with, but, but the word full and complete. When you hear those words, do you sit back and say, yes, (laughs) this is what I have. I have a full and complete life. I know what that's like and I have it and I will have it. Or maybe it's a little more anticipation. Maybe you're like, just wait, just wait. I'm chasing it. You're a young man or you're a young woman in this room and the future is ahead of you and your heart is saying, bring it on. A full life is what I am chasing and it will come in the form of accomplishment and experience and the pursuit of fun. I just need a little more freedom. I need a little more opportunity and that full and complete life is mine. Maybe you say, I want it, but. I want it, but. The cynic, maybe you identify with the cynic here. It's only a dream. These are only dreams. They're platitudes. They make for a good story, maybe a fairy tale even. And your experience reinforces that idea. Or full and complete life. Instead of the cynic, you're more of a survivalist. You've got some scars. You'd say, if I'm going to be honest, life is hard, and then you die. Now, if you're fortunate, there are going to be some good things along the way, but life's tough, and you've got to be tough to make it. Let me ask this question What do we really want? What do you really want? Yeah, we want our questions answered, I think. I think we want the questions answered, and you've heard me ask these before. Why am I here? Is this all there is? What happens after I die? Why is there pain and suffering in the world? But we want those questions answered because our hearts are asking those questions, right? We all want to know the answers to those questions, but also we want satisfaction, We want contentment. We want peace. We want a confidence that we are safe. We want to know our purpose and that we have what it takes to fulfill it. We want fun. If I were to ask you to raise your hand and say, what what do you want more out of this life than anything else? And I'm sure that there would be a couple of hands, say, fun going up, right? We want to feel full. You know that. You know that feeling, right? Thanksgiving. Time to, time to go, couch time now. <laughs> and then I'm gonna have a little bit more later. We want, we want full and we want more and we want to feel approval. We want validation. We want to feel belonging. So many people go to church because they want belonging. So many people don't find it at church. They wanna feel loved. We want joy. We want happiness. And then we chase it because we want all of those things. So we chase. And you know what I mean when I say this. We chase. We chase. Why do we chase? Why do we chase the promotion? Why do we chase the guy? Why do we chase the girl? Why do we chase the relationship? Why do we chase the win? Whether it's in the form of conflict or just ambition. You know, you, you know what I mean? It's like there's conflict going on. I've got to win. I've got to win this conflict. I've got to win this argument. I've got to overcome this trial or this trouble. Um, Or maybe it's just ambition. I've just got to get this raise. I've got to get to the next, uh, I've got to get the car. I've got to get the boat. I've got to get the trips. I've got to get the vacation home. Or the next high. Or the next escape. Or the next perfect Instagram post. Or tweet. Or like. Or like. We want the validation. Isn't it because we chase all of those things because we're actually chasing the answers and the approval and the peace and the contentment and the happiness. We want all of those things. We want to feel full. We've got a hole inside of our heart that only God can fill. You may have heard that before. A philosopher said it. I think the guy's name was Pascal, I think. And, um, and And we want it filled. This is like the human condition. This isn't just something that I've discovered. (laughs) We know this. I'm just kind of saying words about it. We know this. Isn't it because we want to feel complete and we don't? Isn't it because we know, we know that there's more to life. Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal and destroy. Church, it's obvious. There's hardship, there's pain, there's evil in this world. And some of it is from other people's choices and failures and mistakes. It is. It's other people that have done it. And some of it is from our own choices and failures and mistakes. But church, Jesus makes it clear that a great deal of evil and heartache and destruction comes from the enemy. Sometimes it's our fault. Sometimes it's their fault but a lot of times it's coming from the enemy, the thief, Satan, the powers of darkness. It's real. He's real. We are opposed. This is the world we live in, and it is reality. But. Thief comes only to steal and destroy, but... Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. To the full. Jesus came to give life, a full and complete life. The psalmist said of the father, he said, see if this this doesn't make your heart cry out. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Can I just ask you if you had fullness of joy all the time would you chase? If you had fullness of joy all the time would you chase? Yes. Yeah. And what would you chase? Yeah. And if that joy was full and satisfied and the pleasures were there, would it, would we not be chasing just because we didn't feel like we had it all fullness. This sounds good. My heart says that I would want it. Maybe your heart says yes, but maybe your heart says the price is, It's too great. Can I ask you a question? Why wouldn't you want this offer from our loving Heavenly Father? Fullness of joy, full and complete life. Why wouldn't you want the life that he offers? Maybe, maybe you say, I just don't trust him. I don't trust God. I've had more success trusting myself. I would respond, have you really had more success trusting yourself? Really? Here's another question. Why would you resist receiving this offer from our loving Heavenly Father? Maybe you'd say in response, I'm afraid of the risk. I'm afraid of the cost. And I would reply, what risk? What cost? And maybe you'd say, well the risk that it will change me change well it's true it's true it will change you if you receive the gift that the father offers it will change you and it is a risk receive this gift and you become a new creation now we look inside second corinthians 5:17 says now we look inside and what we see is that anyone united with the messiah do you remember when i was talking about attachment at the beginning that our attachments and our affections have to be transferred over to God, united with the Messiah, there's that, that word, anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start, is created new. The old life is gone, a new life burgeons. Look at it. What's the risk? What's the cost? Maybe you say the risk is that I have to change before he'll accept me. I've heard this before. It's like everything that Jesus offers sounds so good, but I've read that Bible, I've been to church, I know what He expects, and it is too big a cost. And I have tried to change before, and it hasn't worked. And and I have to change in order for Him to accept me. Do you though? Do you have to change first? Do you have to change for God to accept you? Let me tell you, it is a lie from Satan to believe these words. I have to get myself ready to become a Christian. That is a lie from Satan. I have to get myself ready to become a Christian. I have to clean up my act. I've got to stop sinning first. That is a lie. Here is the truth. All sin can do is threaten us with death. And that's the end of it. Grace, because God is putting everything together again through the Messiah, invites us into life, a life that goes on and on and on, world without end. It is a lie to believe that you have to come to the Father with more than the grace that He is offering you. There's that word grace again. Teens, we talked about grace. What is it? It's unearned favor, it's power. What's the risk? What's the cost? The risk that I'll have to say no to what I want in order to say yes to what he wants. Let me say that again. The risk. Maybe you say, "I if I receive God's offer of fullness of life, I'm going to have to say no to what I want in order to say yes to what he wants. Do you resonate with that one? Did you know that this verse is in the Bible? Psalm 37 verse 4. Take delight in the Lord... Put your attachments with the Lord, set your attachments on him, right? And he will give you the desires of your heart. Let me just tell you what that is not saying. It's not saying if you want it, he gives it to you. What it's saying is that the desires that you then get and have, God puts those desires in your heart. God changes your desires, why in the world would I enjoy standing up here and talking to a bunch of people on a Sunday afternoon? I don't think that's a normal desire. But today I've got it. I was asked, I was asked, how are you feeling? I was like, I'm excited. Why? I've got something to say. But I didn't come up with what I wanted to say today. God put it here. He gives you the desires of your heart. Wouldn't you want that? How wouldn't, wouldn't you want to be able to say, I've got a desire and I know God gave me that desire. What would stop you if you knew that what you wanted was from God? Wouldn't that be cool? What if your ambition, what if the things that you were chasing were the desires that God put in your heart? And then it's like fullness of joy. Yeah, but more. (laughs) I want more, right? Wouldn't that be amazing? What if the desire that God puts in your heart is more? Oh, it's like bring it, right? I want this. I want this. But we got to keep going. Let me ask you another question. Do you really understand what it is that the Father is offering you. This is what the Father is offering you. He's offering for your thirst to be quenched. He's offering that your hunger be satisfied. He's offering that your soul be alive, that you have joy. He's offering you peace and singing and dancing and permanence and acceptance and validation and love and more and more and more and more. So maybe... Maybe you're intrigued. Maybe now you're like, okay, all right. I'm at least willing to listen to the offer. I'm not saying I'm going to accept the offer, but I'm going to listen. Okay? Here's the offer. The offer of a full and complete life. Hang on, though. Hang on, though. I want to know what the catch is. What's the catch? What does he want from me? Now we get to the whole passage. (laughs) Here's where we're going. We're going to Isaiah 55, verses 1 through 3. This is the Father's invitation to you. I'll keep listening, but what's the catch? What does he want from you? Here's the invitation. Come. All who are thirsty, come. Come to the waters, and you who have no money, come. Buy and eat, come. Come. Buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. And you say, All right? But what's the catch? What's the price? It's simple. Come. Come. It's an to have your thirst quenched to have your hunger satisfied for your soul to be made alive and revived and you say but what's the catch what's the price it's simple listen come and listen listen and eat what is good but you say what's the catch what's the price come listen receive do you see the price say I don't have anything to offer I have no money to pay good you have no money Come, buy, and eat. The humblest are those who have nothing to offer. And God says he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He gives unearned gifts to those who are humble. The humblest among us are those who have no money. And he gives grace to those. He gives grace to those. I have no money. You have no money, then come, buy, and eat. You have no money, then buy wine and milk. The richest fare. It's being offered to you for free. No money required. No cost To you. The offer of a full and a complete life, you simply need to receive it. So how do I receive it? You come to the father and you listen to his invitation and it's 100% on the basis of love. 100% on the basis of love. Listen to this. This is in verse three. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. A covenant of faithful love promised to David. Just in case you were wondering, this covenant of love that the Father poured out on King David is being offered to you and to me. A covenant of love that was offered to King David is offered to you and to me, and this is what, how it's described. I will never stop loving David nor fail to keep my promise to him. No, no. I will not break my covenant. I will not take back a single word I said. I have sworn an oath to David and in my holiness, I cannot lie. He's making a promise. By the way, it says in the New Testament and I forget the address right now that the promises of God for those who believe in him are all yes in Christ Jesus. The promises of God, they're all yes. They're all yes for us in Christ Jesus. This is the father's invitation. So come to the father, listen to his invitation, then seek him. We jump over to verse six in Isaiah 55. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. The father invites you to come to him, but maybe you're having trouble hearing the invitation. Then let me invite you to take these words to heart. If you're saying, you know what? I hear you reading those words, but I don't hear the invitation in my heart. Then I invite you to seek him. Seek him, seek him like you would for a treasure. Matthew 13 says, God's kingdom is like, Jesus, by the way, said this, God's kingdom is like a jewel merchant on the hunt for excellent pearls. Finding one that is flawless, he immediately sells everything and buys it. Seek him also because he can be found. Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Here's another reminder. Anyone who comes to him, speaking of God, anyone who comes to God must believe he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. See, it's not all. All the responsibility is not God's. You have to come and you have to. Maybe you need to seek. In order to receive, come, listen, receive, seek him. And then the verse says, while he may be found. You know, you don't know what tomorrow holds, you don't know what the rest of today holds. So don't delay. Don't presume that the inclination you have right now, don't presume that, the, that the, the, the sense that you have right now that you ought to act, that you ought to exercise faith. Don't assume that right now, that that feeling or sense that you ought to pursue the Father, don't assume that that feeling will be tomorrow if you reject it. Don't assume that the sense of God's call that you feel on your life today will be there tomorrow if you reject it. Because he says, "Seek the Lord while he may be found." 2 Corinthians in the New Testament says, "For he says, "In the time of my favor I heard you and then in the day and in the day of salvation I helped you." I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Another passage in the Old Testament says, remember the Lord in the days of your youth. You know what this is? This is an invitation for you to respond. So, let's see here. Come to the Father. Listen to his invitation. Seek him. Call on him. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. What this is? This is prayer. This is prayer. The Father is making an invitation to you. He invites you to come to him and experience him. And he's inviting you to come to him. But he also invites you to call on him. Does God seem far away to you? Call on him while he is near. James 4.8 says, come near to God and he will come near to you. As you begin to draw near to God, God says, I will draw near to you. So come, listen, seek, call on him, and do this by, draw near to God by praying. Seriously, call on him. Let me give you something practical, especially if you have some doubts. Here's the prayer. I encourage you to pray this prayer. Jesus, if you are who you claim to be, reveal yourself to me. You might want to write that down. You don't have to. I just know that that this is something that I heard, and I was like, man, that is good, and then I forgot it. The enemy does that sometimes. Helps us forget things he doesn't want us to remember. Jesus, if you are who you claim to be, reveal yourself to me. I dare you to pray that prayer every day. I double dare you to open up the scriptures maybe start with the book of John and pray this prayer before reading a chapter a day. Double dare you. Come to the father, listen to his invitation, seek him, call on him. And then I just combined a bunch of stuff here. Turn from to turn to and receive. Verse seven of Isaiah 55 says, let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous, their thoughts, let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God for he will freely pardon. You know what? This might seem a little confrontation. It might feel a little confrontational, but the Bible makes it very clear. Everyone sins. Everyone offends a holy and righteous God. Everyone needs a savior. Romans 3, 10 and verse 12, it says, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who does good, not even one. So when Isaiah 55, verse 7 says, let the wicked forsake their ways and let them turn to the Lord. He's actually talking about all of us. At some point in our lives, we have to turn to him or we will be under his wrath. This is a description of confession and repentance. Repentance. Turn to the Lord. It's a description of confession and repentance. It's a statement. It's saying, I'm a sinner. I've been rejecting God. I've been traveling my own path. I've been making my own decisions. I've been doing wrong, and I'm ready to give it up. So it's like, here's where all of my attachments have been. Here's my solution for life. Here's how I'm going to live. I'm going to turn from it, and it's one action. By turning from, I'm turning to you, God. It's not, I'm going to turn from this, and then later I'm going to turn to God. No, it's, it's one, it's both confession and repentance at the same time. It's, I'm turning from to you, by the way, for those, this is God. This This is God restoring the eyes of the blind, restoring sight to the blind. It's when you have this realization that I need God and I'm willing to act on it. This is God's power and God's grace working in your life. You don't want to resist it because it's awesome. At the end of verse seven, it says, he will have mercy on them. He will freely pardon. Just, just think of your own life. Have you ever been offered forgiveness after you screwed up badly? You hurt one or more people in the process and, and you felt miserable. You felt ashamed. You felt guilty. Do You remember what that feels like? Remember that feeling of I really messed up somebody's life. And then they turn to you and they offer you forgiveness and it's full and sincere forgiveness. It's forgiveness with blessing and they offer it to you and you receive it. Do you remember what it feels like when you receive that forgiveness? It feels like relief. It feels like peace. It feels like gratefulness. It feels like restoration. And the father is offering this to you and he offers it abundantly. He says, come back to our God. Here's another way of, re- of looking at this verse. Come back to our God who is lavish with forgiveness. Lavish with forgiveness. No restraint. Forgiveness. Not guilty anymore. I love this next verse I'm going to share with you. Romans 8, one. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You say this offer of forgiveness, it's too good. This isn't the way people work. If you mess up, you have to make it right. I've heard that many times. I can't ask for forgiveness. I've got to make it right. I can't offer, for, offer forgiveness because they're not even asking for it. Maybe you feel like I have to make it right if I'm going to receive pardon and forgiveness. I've got to pay it back. Do you remember how, the, how this Isaiah 55 started out? Come, buy, drink, eat, without money and without cost. You see, you can't pay back your debt. Here's why. In sinning, we've rejected an infinitely perfect and loving God. And so it would take an infinitely perfect and holy sacrifice to pay back that debt. Something that we just don't have in our capacity. We don't have the capacity to earn it. We don't have the capacity to offer it. We don't even have the capacity to sacrifice for it. So this is why Jesus' death on the cross is the only way. He alone is the one who can be a perfect sacrifice and perfectly satisfy an infinitely just and holy God on our behalf. And maybe you counter back, you say, but it just doesn't make sense. And so we're on to another point. Believe and trust. This feeling, it doesn't make sense. It might just be an argument that the father was anticipating. For here is his response. This 8 and 9. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And so, friends, we must believe that what he says is true and we must trust him and we must receive his gift and his offer of forgiveness. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean out on your own understanding. Another way it is said, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure everything out on your own. Don't forget, this is an offer and an invitation. Come, seek, pray, turn from your way, turn to Christ, receive the offer, believe and trust him and check this out. The father invites you and the father keeps his promises. Verses 10 and 11. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God's purpose will be accomplished. God will have success. And this is all in the context of you pursuing satisfaction in him. This is the catch for having a full and complete life. The catch is, if you accept God's offer, if you accept the father's offer, It will happen. What the full and complete life looks like, Isaiah 55, verses 12 and 13, you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow up the juniper, and instead of the briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. You'll go out in joy you'll be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. This is dancing. This isn't just colorful language about the future. This isn't just walking outside. The sky just seems bluer. The day just seems brighter. No, this is a deep, abiding heart transformation that you know is real and that can be seen by those around you. Can I tell you, it keeps going. I received one of the most amazing compliments last week. And it was all God. Uh, A friend of mine came to visit that I hadn't seen in like five to seven years. I can't remember how long it's been. It's been a while. And he's like, you've been working out. And you think that's the compliment. That's not the compliment. He's like, you've been working out, haven't you? So, well, you know, I kind of hit the gem, sort of. I was like, but what you're seeing is different. And I looked over at Sarah and she's smiling. She's got this big, beautiful smile. Because I know what she's thinking and I know what I'm thinking. God has been work, at work in my life over the last couple of years and He's been changing me, and it is the change that my friend was seeing. And to him, it's like, standing different. You look taller. You look stronger. It is the transformation of the heart that is actually starting to work out in my life. And I'm grateful. I'm so thankful. So thankful. How about this? The verse says, Instead of the thorn bush, will grow up the juniper. Instead of the briars, the myrtle will grow. Do you know what this is likely describing? The healing of the heart. It's describing transformation. Remember, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And the outcome of it all, the catch. Say, this is good for me, but what do you get out of it, God? This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. God wants to offer you. Good, and he wants to offer you a full and complete life and he wants to offer you singing and dancing and freedom and healing and transformation and, and joy and peace and contentment and validation and love and he wants to give you all of this. Why? So that he gets glory. He's the creator of all things, including you, including you and your heart no matter what state it's in. He has a purpose and a plan and you are in it. So, how's your heart? Are you thirsty? Are you hungry? Are you unsatisfied? Are you discontent? Are you broken? Are you in need of healing? Come. Come to the waters. Drink deeply from the living water that the Father offers you, who is Jesus Christ. Come, experience God, receive and experience the full and complete life that the Father offers you. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Do you want to receive the Father's invitation? I don't don't know where you're at right now. I really don't. Maybe like me, you've been a Christian for 20 years and you're just like, you know what, I... I want this, come. Maybe you're like, I don't even know. I don't don't even know where to begin. Come. I'm going to pray a prayer. And I invite you to pray it with me if you'd like. And uh, while I'm praying, I think the the music team's going to come up. But we're also going to have uh, a couple of prayer teams, I guess you could say, up here at the front, available. And when we dismiss, we'll dismiss pretty soon. When we dismiss, and you wanna come up to the front and you wanna pray with someone, we'd love, we'd be honored. We'd be honored to do that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your invitation of life. My heart has been broken at times. I've been pursuing and chasing satisfaction everywhere but from you. And I want to receive your offer of a full and complete life through Jesus Christ. By moving my attachment from me and things and placing my attachment on you, Lord Jesus, I turn from my way I turn to you and I receive your gift of grace. Thank you for your filling. Thank you for your salvation. I want to pursue you with all that I have. In Jesus' name,
1: amen. Would you stand? As Josh said, as we're dismissed, we'll have people up front here that if you'd like to pray with someone, receive this gift if you've been a christian for years and this is something that you need to rededicate and come we invite you to do that thanks for being with us be blessed you're dismissed